James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Indeed it is. Happy Fur Day, or Friday. Here on WABC Talk Radio 77 as we get ready to move into yet another weekend. If you'd like to be part of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, make sure to set your dial. Keep it here all night long on WABC and at 7 o'clock in the morning. Join us tomorrow. We are here. Have your first cup of coffee on Saturdays with us. Meanwhile, before Friday escapes us, we have a lot to discuss. As usual... We have been waiting all week to hear from our majesty, her majesty, Ness Ness, Princess Diana. And Princess Diana will join us shortly. I want to thank the good people over at American Wire News. I wrote an op-ed today, and they published it. And the op-ed is called, I Have Questions About Disney Corporation Injecting Queerness Into Culture. And not only did they uh, publish it, and you can find it, Again, at AmericanWireNews.com, that is AmericanWireNews.com, you can comment, and there are quite a few comments on the article. And one of the comments I, I printed out, because when I read it, it, it struck me. It was like a slap in the face. It said, wait, why didn't you think of this? And the comment says, if a parent is supposed to have the authority to remove their son's genitals, they use the actual words of the genitals, or their daughter's breast, why can't the same parent authorize the removal of a daughter's clitoris or a son's foreskin for whatever reason? Now, I don't want to be graphic, and the intent is not to be graphic, but in in our society in the Western world, we have made a big deal out of the the horrible, horrible, torture that women, girls around the world, especially in some Mideast countries have faced where they have had their genitals removed so that they would not, as adult women, have sexual pleasure. And it was thought that was a way to control the women and keep them chaste. And of course, in the West here, we just find that reprehensible. And we it is outlawed here in the United States. And so this person is saying, well, wait a minute. If you can remove from children their entire genitals, why are you telling other people that they can't do this to their daughters? And it does beg the question, why? Why is one considered torture and reprehensible and the other is not? So that is one of the comments that was left again. American Wire News, I have questions. The article, that the op-ed that I wrote this morning that's on their, their splash page, I have questions about Disney Corporation injecting queerness into culture. And I do have a lot of questions about it. I've been raising them here on this program. And that is something, among other things, that uh, Her Highnessness and I will discuss shortly. New York City is clearing the homeless. And you will be happy to know that under the brilliant leadership of GQ Mayor Eric Adams, and I call him GQ Mayor because this man, and I'm not joking, he is the most impeccably dressed public official I have ever seen. 
So my term for him is GQ mayor. The GQ mayor, Eric Adams, effort to clear the city streets and subways of the homeless, it's off to such an amazing, amazing start. The mayor and his people have cleared 239 homeless encampments that are around New York City. And that is remarkable. We should all applaud that. The mayor and his people have gone to these homeless encampments, 239 of them, around New York City, and told the homeless, you have to leave here, we have shelter for you. So far, five people, five of the homeless have been placed in shelters. Five. Five. And, of course, these homeless shelters and the homeless apartments are costing the city a fortune. And we've got five whole people in there now. Five. Five homeless have moved into the shelters from the streets. So that is just totally amazing. We applaud the mayor for his outstanding work in solving the homeless problem in our great city. Amazon. (laughs) Oh, yes. Amazon, Staten Island. Amazon warehouse workers in Staten Island became the first in the United States of America to rise. So Amazon Staten Island facility, well, now they've got themselves the beginning of it. They'll be negotiating soon, we think. They have formed their a union, the first ever, to deal with Amazon. The vote was 2,000. 654, yay, 2,131, yet. The New York Post has a picture with a caricature caricature of Mr. Bezos with Amazon workers, apparently, or people concerned about Amazon milling about with protest signs, and one says, fight racism and union busting. Now, I didn't know that Amazon was being accused of racism, and I'd like to know more. How did this happen? When did this happen? By the way, about 8,300 people work at the facility, about 5,000, less than 5,000 voted. The warehouse is called JFK 8. And now it is unionized. Amazon fired one of the union leaders. I'm looking for his name. Um, Smalls, that's the guy's name, Chris Smalls. Apparently last February he came into one of the break rooms in the warehouse to give food to employees Amazon called the cops on him, had him arrested for trespassing. The New York Post story says that company executives also plotted to smear the union leader holding a strategy meeting in 2020 that included the founder and then CEO Jeff Bezos. 
They called them not smart or articulate. Well, Mr. Smalls was popping champagne as he declared victory outside the National Labor Relations Board's Brooklyn office on Friday. We worked, we had fun, and made history. Welcome to the first union in America for Amazon. Another Amazon warehouse on Staten Island, that would be LDJ5, is set to hold a union election that begins next month, April 25th. And we'll have to keep our eyes on that. So far, two of the lefty companies from Seattle, Starbucks, more than 160 Starbucks locations are filing petitions to organize and have unions, and Amazon, of course, now has its first one. Now, what is poor Amazon to do? Now they're going to have union contracts. If Amazon, in my opinion, were really, oh, there's before we get to that. Remember Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? And her relationship with Amazon, she stopped Amazon. She and the city council members of New York, the Democrats, the hardcore progressives, stopped New York from having more Amazon jobs, many more, and raising the property values of neighborhoods in New York when they went on the warpath about Amazon choosing early on New York as their headquarters. They raised so much flack that Amazon begged off and said, no, thank you, we're not going to come here for headquarters. Well, apparently, story breaks today in the Federalist that Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez ditched an Amazon workers' rally in her home state. She and her team said it was a hiatus on public appearances and they cited security threats. But within a few weeks of that, saying that she was on hiatus, she was at the Metropolitan Gala, the the Met Gala. That's where she wore that dress with tax the rich painted all over her back and her butt, like a fashion queen. And so apparently... She lied to the Amazon workers when she canceled the gig there. So what? I mean, that's just the way Democrats treat their people when they think no one's looking. Anyway, what is poor Amazon to do now? They have a union, and they might have a second one. If Amazon people are smart... They're going they should head this thing off at the pass right now. I mean it may be costly, but they should head this thing off at the pass. If I were in charge of well, no, because this sounds so anti union, but I would close both facilities immediately. Just say, no, you know what? On second thought, no, we're gonna close this place. And I would move those headquarters to somewhere adjacent to New York and hire a brand new crew and let the brand new crew know why they were being hired. You can't say because 
we had union and we had labor trouble. But you can say that we just thought it best to move locations so we could have a better relationship with our employees. And before it gets too late and they're overwhelmed and this union thing starts to build around the country, shut it down. Otherwise, the cost of everything associated with doing business with Amazon is going to start to skyrocket. And Amazon should realize that right out there trying to compete with them, and they've got plenty of money to do it, Walmart. In fact, that's part of a discussion we had on the latest episode of Bo Snerdy's The Future Is Now, which is our our latest podcast series on cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, and all of the events that are happening now, happening now as our economy, not just ours, but the worldwide economy, is going through a revolution. And this is going to affect the world in as many ways as the Internet revolution and presence affected the world. And it's happening right now. So that's the podcast, Post Journalist, The Future Is Now, one of the many podcasts that you will find if you go to all the podcasts on WABCRadio.com, Red Apple Media is doing there. It's time to take a break. When we get back, we have waited for her all week long, and this has been a hell of a week. Princess Diana will join us. Don't go away. It's time for a Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Friends, the entire Western world has been looking forward to this moment <laughs> since last Saturday when we last heard her musical, beautiful, <laughs> melodic voice. It is our own highnessness, our own royaltynessness. And no, she doesn't have a son wrapped up in an Epstein case. Oh, dear. <laughs> a Diana Me, the princess of policy. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Sir James. I think. <laughs> well, you don't have a son wrapped up in the Epstein case, do you? And nobody's. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, even. <laughs> Because I'll tell you where it came from, because I saw news stories today that said that the, the Queen, the Queen Babe over there in the UK doesn't think that old Andrew did anything wrong. And that's why she she trudged him out the other day at the big memorial service. You know, there's a lot of upset about that. They thought he was banished forever. And there he was walking mummy dear, mummy dearest down the thing at the big ceremony. And I got it. I'm going to ask Mark Stein about all this because this was upsetting to a lot of those Brit, you know. And I'm a royal watcher. I, I, I'm always fascinated by what those people find, how they waste so much money on their royalty. I thought he got cut off and he, you know, lost all of his royal titles. And exactly. There was a, you know, so at that, from my view, my reading came from the Queen Mother. That was her idea. So this is a little bit of backsliding on her part, apparently. That's what she said. She said she wanted everybody to know she thinks she's innocent. Screw you. He's going to be by my side anyway. Mum's in charge, not Charlesy. So, hey, well, there you go. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about that with Mark Stein. Because, you know, he's a, yeah, he's one of her subjects. Anyway. <laughs> so, Diana, there's a big story in the L.A. Times um, that unpaid uh, parking tickets and other kind of tickets, tolls, court fees, 
they are preventing poor, the poor Californians, the people that are poor, from getting their tax credits. In other words, not as their tax refunds because they're not working. They're not actually putting paying taxes, but they get credits anyway. So a lot of these people are not going to get their full credits. Well, I guess some of them their refunds because the state of California, Gavin Newsom and the Democrats are intercepting their money to pay off debts like parking tickets, tolls, court fees, tuition, and even child support. <laughs> I'm sorry, I laughed all the way through this. The entitlement on behalf of unnamed poor people is just unbelievable. There is not a sentence in this article that states that these are not actual things that these people owe. There's no comment in here that this is some kind of a made-up debt. These are fees and unpaid tickets and unpaid child support that these people owe. And every single state does this, that if you owe to the state and you don't pay it, then money coming to you is garnished. And that has happened here. And the unfairness of it all is just too much. This is money these people owe. The state is correct to take it. And, you know, if they paid off their debts in the first place, then you wouldn't have this sob story about California's poorest residents. It's not the poorest that have to pay. Everybody has to pay. But this article is just focusing on how horrible it is because they were about to get three grand money that is welfare, actually. It is not something that they earned like we have in our normal understanding of a tax refund. This is money given to them, not only the EITC, the Earned Income Tax Credit from the federal government, but on top of that, the California EITC gives another few thousand dollars. And the fact that a lot of these people that are being focused on in this article owe money is no one's fault but the people who didn't pay what they owed. So I, I'm not going to get too sad about this one. Oh, the lack of compassion is just everywhere. You know, this is the same sentiment that led to the bail reforms, that poor people didn't have the money to pay bail when they committed crimes. And so we need to let them out of jail. And, of course, in blue cities all over America, that's exactly what's happening, including New York. And uh, yes. we can see yeah. And this article is designed as sob stories to pressure the governor to basically suspend collection of these uh, payments for these debts. And listen to this. I'm going to read you uh, just a couple paragraphs from this article. A single mother of three in Sacramento who works as a forklift operator is among those who have had her refund kept by the state, due in part to unpaid restitution fines. She estimates she's eligible for about $3,000 in state tax credits this year, which she says she would spend on birthday presents for her children mm. or to pay down credit card bills. Mm. But she knows she will not receive the refund because of her outstanding debt of seventeen dollars thousand dollars percent of her paycheck is already garnished because of outstanding debts i want to pay it back i want to right my wrongs said the mother it's just a vicious cycle it's really hard to get ahead when you don't have money it feels impossible so this woman is expecting the governor to basically wipe out her debt that she didn't pay because she wants to buy her children birthday presents she says 
So, well, I, I mean, I what makes her different than any other Democrat? They're pressuring Biden to eliminate student debt. And if I were everybody, if I were anybody, if they do this, because you know one day it's going to happen. They keep pressing oh, it. Yeah. One day they're going to say, okay, we're going to wipe out your student debt. And when that day comes, for everybody that has paid their own debt, I would sue. Because I want my yep. money back, too. If these people don't have to pay back money, why should I? Yep. <sighs> And, and the other detail in this, that this doesn't just include citizens, it includes undocumented of course. as well. So We're giving welfare. Is taken, yes, this is being taken from the productive and given to people who are basically moochers. I mean, think Sorry. about that. We have people in the country illegally. California has set it up so that they can get welfare payments, and now we're supposed to feel sorry because the illegal are also caught up with the legal and that they have debts and they have to pay back their debts. O-M-Y-Y-W-E-E. All right, quickly, let us turn to Florida. Your governor down there, Ron DeSantis, is not backing down from Disney. And, in fact, he's gone on the offense. He's telling Disney, okay, you, you want to keep messing with my state? Guess what? We're going to take away special privileges that you have in this state. Yes, it's delicious and delightful, and it's wonderful to live in a state where we have a fighter. And the interesting thing is he is being castigated by the national media, of course, but this is an issue uh, that even 52% of Democrat voters in Florida agree with the governor. So this is not a risk politically for him at all to pursue. Now, the whether or not this is going to happen, the repeal of this 1967, it's uh, called the Reedy Creek Improvement Act, that gives Disney all kinds of power to basically tax the locals and to then spend the money on local roads and build whatever they want. It gives them a lot of independence. And it's been a carve out for Disney because it's the state's largest employer and they have been given a lot of political clout in the state. And basically the legislature would be the one to repeal that and they are looking into it. And the news was made by DeSantis going on Fox and Friends and, and elsewhere and saying he agrees with the legislature he will sign this. So that would be a, a wonderful pushback by the Florida legislature. If you're going to try and legislate, then we're going to try and, and reduce your power a little bit as well. Because as DeSantis said, he does not believe in special treatment. And there are a lot of people, other people in business who don't get this kind of kingly treatment. So I think this is a fight that's ongoing. And I think that DeSantis is going to come down as they always say on the right side of history on this. Well, I'm not going to object too strongly to kingly treatment after all. I am sort of royalty, (laughs) but no, but, but no, no, I I had no idea that included in this, this thing, this read, this read thing act. Reedy Creek improvement. act. Yeah. Reedy Creek. You know, Disney can build, if they wanted to, they could build their own nuclear power plant and no one could say a freaking word about it. Yes, they could. Or, you know, I was thinking when I saw that nuclear power plant, maybe they could build their own nuclear weapons. I mean, it's like they're angry enough. (laughs) You know, they'd launch 
So, I mean, they really are in a, a, a complete hostile stance toward the uh, local government. Well, tomorrow we, when you join us tomorrow morning, as you do every Saturday, I want to talk more about the rodent kingdom and um, what, you know, because I'm, I've, I'm kind of had it. And a lot of people are saying they've had it with this business with Disney. Um, and especially after the, the interviews that came out of Disney were leaked. Yes. And you hear what the objectives are from some of the higher ups in the company. It's astounding. So tomorrow we can talk, yeah, talk about the, but I want to talk about the bigger thing, the culture war. In fact, there was an article in uh, National Review today that said pretty much, hey, conservatives, we have one, we have another shot at the culture war. Don't blow it this time. Yes, absolutely. And this, this is one that actually the parents of America chose to enjoin. The culture war has been waged by the left against us for decades. And our representatives, our wonderful Republicans have basically, as you've described recently, been absent because they thought it was beneath them to get engaged in these wacko right wing things. And so basically we haven't been on the battlefield. And so there's been a relentless move forward by the left. And finally, thanks to COVID parents being home, they basically said, this is the red line. You are going no further, both on CRT and on this sexual material for young kids. Parents are saying no. And thank goodness you have then some political leaders who are following suit, as happened in Virginia. And I think that the first launch was when um, Youngkin, his opponent, um, McAuliffe, basically said that it's not up to parents what happens in school. Right, it's up to the right. Who are the experts? That was the beginning of this, and basically, it was a a huge reaction among the whole country that hasn't been really picked apart by the media because they want to ignore it. But this is a national movement, and there's no way they were going to put that back that genie back in the bottle. Thank goodness. Thank you. Princess of Policy, our own Diana Mee, will talk with you tomorrow on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. As always, thank you, Your Highness. We appreciate you. Thank you, Sir James. WABC 77, we are here in New York. Your telephone call is welcome, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. Don't forget, Catch at Night comes up after this show. Make sure you keep it here, and make sure you join us tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., bright and early, here on WABC. Coming right back. Don't go away. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Too hot to trot. Too hot to trot, baby. Commodores. That better be the Commodores. On WABC Talk Radio. What did you say? Yeah, it is good. Okay, cool. On WABC Talk Radio 77. You know, we got to play some Ohio players once in a while. You know, like roller coaster, fire, and uh, and then you know I know we play Earth, Wind, and Fire. We need to play more Chicago. I love Chicago, blood, sweat, and tears. We need to bring some blood, sweat, and tears in the house. 
Tower of Power. And we're going to start, we're going to play some bands. And, you know, we need to go back and grab some more Genesis, too. There was an article. Um, it was so sad. I mean, it's sad for me. You Genesis fans, you know what I mean. This whole thing going on with Phil Collins. I mean, yes, we're glad his son can take his place uh, playing drums. It was the last concert for Genesis. He said goodbye. They all said goodbye. Had members of the band. You know, Peter Gabriel was there, but Peter Gabriel did not play with the band. And of course, this was uh, seen as um, as as Phil Collins' last goodbye to the audience. And he apparently has just been devastated. His body has just been devastated with illness to the point that he says he can't even hold up drumsticks anymore. So we wish Phil Collins the best. Of course, yesterday's news about Bruce Willis has people. Um, movie makers like the Razzies had given uh, Phil had given uh, Bruce Willis a hard time. They gave, and now they're retracting it. And there have been some others. Kevin Smith, the film person, people that have complained about Bruce Willis. Now that they understand what was going on, they're all retracting things that they've said that weren't too nice about him. So. We hope that uh, Bruce Willis is able to rec- It sounds like a heavy lift. And certainly, we do hope that Phil Collins is able to recover, too. Now, there's an article in Politico today, and we are going to get to your phone call soon. There's an article in Politico, and the baggage is too heavy. It says, GOP foes tee up last-ditch effort to sink Herschel Walker. Number one, how does this get placed in Politico? Well, it gets placed in Politico because somebody that wants to see Herschel Walker's candidacy, he's running for Senate, and he'll be running against Warnock. By the way, Warnock is not going to be an easy pushover. If anyone listens to Warnock's speech, speeches, this guy, well, he's the pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church. And he's not an easy pushover. But anyway, Herschel Walker does stand a chance. And so you get this article in in Politico, his baggage is too heavy. And the first thing I thought of when I said that, his baggage is too heavy? We have a senator from Connecticut who lied about his military record. That would be Blumenthal. His baggage isn't too heavy. We have a senator who's still there in her 80s who had a Chinese spy as her driver. For 25 years. That's Diane Feinstein. Her baggage wasn't too heavy, isn't too heavy. We had with the Democrats a former Ku Klux Klansman who not only was his baggage not too heavy, he became the Senate majority and minority leader. That would be Robert Byrd. Some people call him KKK Byrd. Now, I'm, I must tell you in all candor i have a soft spot for robert bird and i know i know i I know i know i know his past but i used i was glued to c-span 2 for many years and i used to watch robert bird's speeches and i will tell you what of all of the senators and there were some great orators there senator bird the way that he would talk about his state of west virginia which half of it's named for him in various forms or another uh, the way that he would talk about <clears throat> his state and also the traditions of the Senate going back, he would always compare it to the Roman Senate, enthralling. He was a magnificent speaker. And, uh, yeah, 
but he was still a former KKK guy. So I don't want to hear anything about Herschel Walker's baggage being too heavy. Get that guy Blumenthal. Ask him about how do you lie about your military service and then make it into the United States Senate? What is wrong with voters in Connecticut? Yesterday, we spoke about the TSA scanner. This is part of a lot of money that Joe Biden is getting ready to spend to curry favor with uh, the identity politics, the sexual identity politics of his party. The TSA is spending more than we have the cost now. $18.6 million of taxpayer money to update airport screening protocols to be more inclusive of transgender, non-binary, and gender non-conforming passengers. Now, they say, this is the Washington Times, a large portion of the money is going to develop and deploy new gender-neutral body scanner technology. Now, that may sound, well, okay, fine. That's, that's quite fine. It's brilliant, actually. They're going to come up with gender-neutral scan. How do you scan somebody and make it gender neutral. So you scan them, and then when it gets down to the private area, it just puts up a block so you can't see. Or if there's something dangling there, how do you make the dangly go away if it's there? Because that's the whole problem with this in the first place. This is, this is why we're spending almost $20 million. When... People came through TSA security. Some of them would have identification that said they were a woman. When they went through the scanning machines, they had a dangly. And so the people there said, something's not right here. You're saying you're a woman, but we see a dangly there. And so they would pull the person aside and say, okay, we got to pat you down. Now, they didn't pat the dangly because you're not allowed, if you're a TSA worker, to pat the dangly. But they patted around the dangly, I guess. And so people said, oh, that's terrible. You're patting around my dangly. And so now Joe Biden and this administration is spending almost $20 million that could be used to feed the homeless, that could be used to feed people in, in what do they call them, food deserts. They're spending $20 million that could be used to make sure America's children have lunches during the summer. They're spending it on gender-neutral screening technology. And I still want to know, because I do have a curious mind, what kind of technology can screen you and eliminate your gender? How is that possible? So, we shall see. Okay, your telephone calls are coming up. Oh, I know you know this already. Jen Psaki is the, the, the firecracker. Peppermint Patty, as some people call her. She's leaving the White House. Oh, finally. And she's going to PMSNBC. Anybody find anything odd about that? You go directly from the White House over to the most radical leftist television network that we have ever had in America? Hmm. WABC Talk Radio 77. Your call's coming up. Don't you go away. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. 
Oh, my, my, my. Ask and you shall receive. Tower of Power brings us back on WABC. This was from one of their early albums. This was before they changed lead singers. Now, there is a story about the guy that's singing lead here. Not many people know. This guy ended up in jail, and it wasn't for something minor. He, I think, had to do, I think was sentenced to life. Yeah, it was one of those kind of crimes. But he's still, this song is such a classic. Still a young man. Yeah, one of the great groups of the era. You know, San Francisco had its own sound back then. You had groups. I don't mean to get in the weeds with this, but you did have a lot of groups coming from San Francisco, including one that never really cracked it in in um, in commercial radio. The name of the group was called Cold Blood, and they had a singer, Lydia Pence. And they're still out there, I think. But this was one of the most amazing groups of that era. They just couldn't crack musically and everything else. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Frank, Staten Island, welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. You're here with James Golden. How are you? How you doing, James? Yeah, and we're living in Staten Island. One of the, the things is that Ocasio-Cortez was supposed to come, come to the Amazon plant for a visit, and she never showed up. She canceled. The people were standing around waiting for her, waiting for hours, and then she canceled, and uh, she's a total fraud. You know, she talks about, like, the workers of the world, uh, Karl Marx and all that nonsense, communism, and they followed her, they voted for union, and they waited for her, and she never showed up. She is a real phony. And she said the reason that she didn't show up was because of security concerns, and she had to take a hiatus. And it turns out none of those was true. Uh, shortly after that, she appeared at the Met with that white dress with Tax the Rich on it. By the way, like, she's not one of the rich now. Uh, so you, but I'm going to tell you something. I did a story on, uh, AOC the other day and I want you to know something. She may once in a while say things that are incredibly what many of us say. Oh, that's incredibly dumb. She may do that. She may, some people think that she's a lightweight. This woman is not a lightweight. Her understanding of the retail politics is amazing, and a lot of people could take lessons from her, and a lot of people are trying to emulate her. She has got an, a, she she said one thing, and it's true. She says, we spend part of every day organizing, and that's what kind of she's about. Let's go to Margaret and Arcy. Thanks for the call, Frank. Margaret, how are you on Friday here on WABC? Thanks, James. I'm doing okay. I'm just thinking... You know, about the $20 million they're going to spend at the airports. Number one, if you're in a wheelchair, they're going to pat you down. I don't see anyone spending $20 million on those of us who go in on wheelchairs. And number two, I think that um, you spoke of a few weeks back about classes out in Portland that teach young boys how to store their packages. Yeah, how to tuck it. To- yeah, to tuck it. They're supposed to tuck it with tape or tuck it naturally. Why don't you just give them a couple of classes and, and save the $20 million? 
You know, that's an interesting idea. Why not teach them the men that are going, the, the, I'm sorry, the women that are going through, but they still have danglies, and that's why they're being patted down because it doesn't match with their identification. Why don't they just learn how to tuck it away like they're being taught in Portland schools? You raise a brilliant point, Margaret. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate it. Let us go to Arthur in Morristown, New Jersey. Hi, Arthur. How are you? What's up, Arthur? Hello, Arthur. Are you there? Let, let's move on. I say we go to George up in Rockland. Hi, George. How are you? How you doing? Hey, how you doing, James? Good. What's on your mind today? Okay, so listen. Okay, I want to be contrarian. Okay. 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 Uh, Okay, so we're talking, we're going back a few days back about the Oscar, okay? Oh, and, the slap. Okay, I, I know, what can I say? You know, I mean, I said, you know, maybe you'll find it interesting. So, uh, so that's it. That's my take here. I believe that the aggressor was Chris Rock and the victim was Will Smith. Okay? Why do you think that? Okay, so it's simple, okay? Uh, I believe that for somebody making fun of people with disability is totally wrong, especially when you stand in front of some of the most influential uh, people with uh, TV, it shows every move that you do here. Uh, I don't know, I think it's wrong, okay? Okay. Whether he knew, okay, whether he knew that uh, Will's wife had a... You know, she was she she had disability with her hair with her hair. He she did not. Okay, I mean, would he make fun of somebody that was obese, somebody that was anorexic? Okay, uh, maybe somebody is dressed in a weird way. And believe me, the Hollywood crowd dress and makes her do in some weirdest ways that you can think about. He will never do that, okay? But he specifically targets somebody that was disabled. What she has was a disability, okay? What no. Let's be really clear about what disabled means. Disabled means that you cannot function uh, as a normal human being. Not normal. I hate to even use that word. You cannot function to the extent that other people can. You have... A learning disability, you, you might be not be able to grasp things as quickly as other people, or you have a physical disability. Having a bald head is not a disability. It is now because of the disease, it is unfortunate, but it doesn't disable you. In fact, Jada Pickett has an incredibly successful career. Now, it may have been an unfortunate joke, and it may have been wrong for him to make the joke, if he had known what she says he didn't about her circumstance. But let us not forget something. This Hollywood crowd, these same Hollywood crowds, sit and point the fingers at the rest of America and call us, conservatives, some of the worst vile names ever. And they don't take themselves into account. They don't take themselves into account when they pretty much slap America by calling the American country and the people who made this country beast, racist, homophobes, or whatever. So they can dish it out. They can dish out all the bad, ill words possible, not to mention these movies that they come up with, which have some of the worst despotic, demonic themes to them. 
and they inflict that on society. And so here you have this comedian that makes fun of a guy's wife for a second, and it wasn't even that bad. And then he goes up and slaps the guy? No, no excuse. He was not the victim here. And I just, look, I am not a great big fan of Chris Rock, if I have to tell the truth, never have been. But Chris Rock handled this like a pro. And even to this day, somebody yelled out F Will Smith at his concert, and he's, he said, no, 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 let's not go there. Chris Rock is proving himself to be, at least in this circumstance, to have a great deal of character and self-restraint. And I admire him for it because so many other people would have just decked, decked Will Smith on the spot. And then you have Will Smith's son out there saying, that's how we do it. That's how we do it, you little twerp. You don't do anything but live off mommy and daddy's money and fame. Anyway, real quick, Rob, we got 30 seconds. Thanks for the call, George. 30 seconds, Rob. That's all the time we have. Yo, Bo, quick on tower. The song comes off the album Bump City, one of their first ones. That album originally, my original album from 40 years ago, is framed on my wall. Other tunes on that album, Down to the Night Down Club. to the Night Club. Yes, and, and of course, Bump, Bump, Bump. Oh, man, that album is great. I have that album, too. And that album was followed up by a few more. Anyway, Rob, let's talk about Tower Power sometime when we have more time. James Golden here with you. We are Connecticut. We are Pennsylvania. We are New Jersey. We are New York City, the greatest city in the world. America, the greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed or beheld. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. And look with favor upon those suffering in Ukraine. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Join us. Bye.